<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, how's it going? My name's Jordan Howes and you're listening to the You're Gonna Die podcast. I think this is episode five now. That's five weeks of doing podcasts. It feels like it's been two days to me, if that. That's crazy. But um, over the last four podcasts, you guys have been showing some really good support. It's really nice to hear all of the comments that you guys make and having all of the ratings and the shares and the likes and everything else on them. So I really do appreciate all that support. And you guys probably don't understand how much that actually helps me out as well. So if you do want to carry on showing support, make sure you do all of those things. Sharing it around really helps. Um, It's just something I'm trying to get out there and get to more people. So if you are enjoying it and you want to show some support, please go and do that. Uh, Also, on the topic of support, if you want to go follow my other social medias, my Instagram is at housey.underscore and that's spelled H-O-W-E-S-Y. My YouTube channel is Housey and you'll be able to find all of my other links through that basically. So go have a look at those. You might enjoy the content and yeah, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Since this episode five, I'm going to be going over a, a quite a cool topic today, a bit different. I'm back at home. I'm alone again. Just a solo podcast today. But anyways, I'm going to be going over today my top scariest climbing experiences. And I purposely left it down to just my scariest climbing experiences because I don't want to go over all of the experiences I've ever had because you never know, that might be another podcast. So we're just going to be going over specifically my scariest climbs today. And I'm quite excited about this one because I've had a few experiences so far in over the last seven years that have sort of rattled my bones a little bit and, and made me feel a bit mad. So yeah, I'm going to be going over maybe three or four different experiences and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. So yeah. Without further ado, I'm just going to jump into the first one, and that is the time that I nearly died. Well, potentially nearly died. It was like a 90%, well, 98% chance I just would have died if I fell off this. Anyways, so this story starts with... Where would this story start? This story would start... Okay, so me and my friend Brandon, I've got a friend called Brandon, Brandon Dodson. Um, Me and him have been friends since I was young since I first started training he was one of the first boys that sort of picked me up and was like oh this kid's got some talent in his hops and was like asking me to come out and train with him so yeah I know Brandon for quite a while and and he's always been into climbing as well as I have uh just pretty much the standard stuff like he's always come on climbs with me when I first started climbing he was taking me out and we've just been pretty good friends since the start so that's Brandon um if you want to go follow him his social media will be in the link of the in the podcast so yeah go follow him because he provided me with a lot of support as a young boy but yeah me and Brandon basically I'd say this was probably 2019 2019 maybe 2018 and Brandon was talking to me about going to do a climb in my local area. I won't go into too much detail about where it is because I don't want to give anyone ideas, but it was a hospital, right? And essentially, 
me and him wanted to go climb this hospital that we've been wanting to do for ages. And the reason I wanted to climb this hospital mainly is because it has a helipad on top. And helipads, for those who have seen what a helipad on top of a building looks like, normally are covered in like lights and like loads of like cool markings and stuff. And I thought, mate, that's going to be an unreal photo opportunity. Like imagine, could you just imagine someone laying down in like the middle of the H of a of a uh, helipad and then getting like a, a long exposure or like a wide shot of that? It would, oh, oh, it's unreal. That would be such a sick shot. But yeah, that was like the main motivation to go and basically climb this hospital. And I'd never known a way up before. Like I'd never actually seen a way up. But I'd noticed that there were these like scaffolding poles starting to be built like on the side of the building. And I was thinking like, mate, they're going to be like doing construction or something on this. So I was like, basically messaged Brandon was like, yo, do you want to come on a climb? Um, we've got to wait for the scaffolding to go up or whatever and, and we'll be able to do it. But yeah, the scaffolding went up pretty quick, as you can imagine, probably same day to be fair. And uh, yeah, I got him to come out. So essentially hospitals are busy places. Like they're not, they're not something that's just like, like 12 hour and then it's done. Hospitals are 24 hour. People are dying all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's always going to be active. And basic, I just realised I was so morbid. <laughs> People are going to be dying all the time. I'm going to get myself cancelled. I don't mean it like that. Anyway, you know what it is? Hospital, busy. So actually getting up the side of this building <laughs> was always going to be something hard. And we had to wait for like a good 45 minutes to actually find an opportunity to go up where people weren't driving or walking past the scaffolding. Again, it felt like some next mission that we was on. And uh, yeah, we finally found a time to climb up the scaffolding. It was winter time as well, so it's fairly cold. And uh, I climbed up the scaffolding with Brandon. We climbed over this, we call them wibbly wobbly fences. Um, you'll know exactly what I mean. Like You know them, them like temporary fences that have like the concrete blocks that they're like sat into little holes. They have them wherever they do like temporary construction. And they make so much noise. They're like the really thin metal ones and they make unreal amounts of noise. Like If you pull on them, they'll fall over. And we had to climb over that and it sounded like I was like shaking a paint can on my back or something. You know, Nomeo and Juliet when that, that gnome was like running around with a paint can. That's how bait I felt. Like I genuinely felt mad. But yeah, we was climbing over that and it was just, yeah, rattle, rattle, McGee. But anyways, that's not even relevant to this story right now. But yeah, we got up the scaffolding. Um, and this is like one of the funny parts before we get into like the juicy part of it. But while we were climbing up, like me and Brandon were doing like sneaky, sneaky beaky. Now here's like the full, the full shebang, like crawling past windows and stuff. Cause this building's active. And if a nurse is sitting there like doing her notes and looks out and just sees my little baby face pop up through the window and be like, yo, yo, she's obviously going to get shook. But we were like crawling past windows. Like basically it was wet as well. So we were just soaked, but I went past this one window and this was just a weird thing to me. I like pop my measly little head up over the edge of the window and there were just babies. Like, there were loads of babies in this ward. Like, it was like, I don't know what they call, like, the baby wards. And, you know, there's a word for it anyways. But where they're, like, all in, like, the incubators and stuff. Like, if they're, like, premature or if they've had, like, issues when they're first born. And I was shook. Like, I just popped my head up and I've just seen loads of babies. And there was, like, loads of nurses, like, working on them and, like, touching them and holding them. And I was just like, Brandon, there are babies in there. And we sat there for like five minutes, just so shook. Like, why are there just babies just lurking? Um, and it was just, oh, it was just funny. And we were just making jokes about it. But that was just a weird thing. Like, I never expected to be on a climb and just see loads of like people's babies in like little incubator things. But yeah, that was a bit of a weird one. Anyways, so we got up onto like the roof roof. And 
because there's so much scaffolding up on this building now, it made it quite easy to climb around. I've done the climb since without scaffolding and it was a lot harder doing it there, but it's possible. Um, we were climbing like round the edges of the building. This hospital's got like hollow squares inside the building that li like lead down to the floor, like for smoking areas and stuff. So you're sort of like walking around a big, um, how do I, like it's almost shaped like a really big tic-tac-toe square thing. Do you know what I mean? What's it called? Noughts and crosses, that's it. Like a noughts and crosses board. Like there's just like loads of random like holes in it and each hole is like part of the building and then the alternating one is like a smoking area. And like you have to basically walk along the edges of all of those. And we were walking around them trying to find our way up to the helipad. And we got up to the helipad like base where the bottom of it is. But like the stairs, it was like a spiral staircase going all the way up. And we basically had to climb around the stairs, go up the stairs. And we were finally on the helipad. Much to my dismay, there were actually no lights on the helipad whatsoever. So I was pretty sad about that in the first place. Um... Yeah, it was a bit of a depressing one because I was like, I just wanted a sick photo. And there was building materials that they'd put on the helipad as well. By the way, this helipad's not in use anymore. Um, so they basically ruined my hopes and dreams to start off with. So that was already like um, the start of my bad evening. And there was like, so the helipad's there. And I thought the only way to get a good photo is to go up onto the top of like where they basically would have brought patients down in a lift. So there's a lift on the corner of the helipad. And I basically climbed up onto the top of that lift square room thing to get my tripod up so I could take some photos. And I took some sick photos, standard, standard. But the scary part and the bit of this story comes when I was basically on my way down. Like I was trying to find an angle that would look good for this, this helipad photo. And there was this ladder like just ever so slightly hung over the edge. And it was just like lent against the scaffolding pole. But it had like rope tied around it where it was at the bottom so it wouldn't like move um which yeah i later found out you shouldn't trust uh so i was like okay i could go onto this ladder go up towards the end of the ladder so i could get a photo of this helipad and i started cr uh, climbing up this ladder and i got to like the part where my body weight went over the point of balance and the ladder which was meant to be connected by the rope which was not connected by the rope, leant forward and sort of tipped like a seesaw over the middle of the um, the scaffolding pole. And the drop on the other side was like five stories, like five stories high. So that's probably like 50 metres maybe. No, like 40 metres. Something like that anyways. It wasn't like the tallest. That might be completely wrong, but it wasn't the tallest building in the world. But like still enough that if I fell off, I was probably like 98% going to die. And uh, yeah, this like ladder tilted over the bar in the middle. And I don't know how this happened. Someone must have been looking out for me in the heavens above. But the bottom of this ladder got clipped onto the window frame or like one of like the skirt, like not skirting board, but like a little bit of frame that was hanging off the edge of the lift square thing that I was telling you about. And essentially now I was laying there on the ladder looking over at my death and thinking what's just happened like as it started falling like I can't even explain the feeling I just sort of like panicked and went into shock and was like yo I nearly died like when I was falling I genuinely thought like this is game over for me now like I'm falling um and it was such a strange feeling with my body oh it was gross I don't even want to think about it it's making me shiver but yeah the the ladder end got caught on this little ledge thing and I was just like whoa 
what the fuck? And Brandon was like, yo, you good? You good? I was like, yeah, I'm good. But I was just laying on this ladder, like, over the edge. And I was thinking, like, if that just didn't catch by its corner thing, mate, I'm donezo. Like, it was it was game over for me. But, yeah, that was, like, a scary, scary one. Like, that's one of the main or major near-death experiences I've had. I haven't had, like, many major, major ones since then. And that was years ago. But that just goes to show, like, you need to check all of your surfaces before you basically touch them and that was like a big learning curve for me I've had a few friends who have had a similar thing in the past where they've like done something and then they've realized it was stupid and they've gone back to like basically gone back into their brain and told themselves like you're an idiot like you need to start actually like thinking about it because it's really easy in urbex to get complacent once you've done it so many times and not actually think about what you're on but you really do need to be careful about what you're touching because one loose beam or one loose bit of metal could basically send you to your death as the the community knows um so yeah it's just something that if you are listening and you are a young urbexer or even an older urbexer check your surfaces be careful because I could have died that day and you could have the exact same situation and might not be as lucky for a little ledge to catch you. So just a word of advice, just make sure you're testing your surfaces and you're doing everything as safe as you can. But yeah, that was like my first major experience with like near death, but that was a pretty mad one. Um, Moving on, going to be going on to the next one. This isn't a near death experience. This is another climb that I did, but it was more of an escape, right? I wouldn't say like a police chase, but it was a police chase at the same time. Um, I'm probably going to be doing a podcast in the future about like my my top police chases and stuff or <laughs> something like that. It sounds quite, pretty mad, but um, yeah, so this one, this one was scary, right? Because it was one of my first and this is why I wanted to talk about it. I'm not going to go into too much detail because basically I got away and the person I was with didn't get away, but we're going to go into that in a minute and he got given a rather large document um basically threatening to take him to court over it and i don't want my name anywhere near that so i'm gonna spare like the detail details but i'll tell you the story anyway so me and charlie allen o.lku on instagram one of my best friends um this was the one of the first times we ever met and we were probably like he was probably 15 and i think i was 16 at the time so it was like fresh fresh this was how many years ago like three years ago um three four years ago at this point and basically Charlie messaged me and was like, yo, do you want to go do this climbing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, why not? This building was like 69 stories or something ridiculous like that. Some tall ass building. And being young and naive and not really understanding Urbex that well, I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, if I'd known my knowledge now, I wouldn't have tried it. But I guess that's like the learning part of it, isn't it? But yeah, Charlie was like, let's go on a climb, let's go do something cool, I was all right, blessed, I met him at this place, and uh, yeah, so we were walking around this, it was a construction site, we was walking around this construction site, and we was looking for ways in, there was cameras everywhere, sensors everywhere, as expected, and we found this like one little gap on underneath like a little walkway they'd created on the site, on the side for people to get past, um, and we were like, yeah, calm, we'll go up through there, they had like netting and stuff up, which is obviously supposed to stop people climbing through. But being young, dumb and reckless, we were like, yeah, let's just go for it. Like we climbed through the little gap. I got through down into the site. Charlie got through down into the site. All seemed to be going well. And we were in the site for, I'm not even joking yet, no more than like a minute trying to find a way to the stairwell. When these two wedge security guards 
Like these security guards were like Optimus Prime truck size security guards coming towards us, going, "Oi, oi, 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 oi!" I literally clock them straight away, run back to where I was climbing out of the site or where we climbed in. Sorry, I climbed up onto the wall, slipped onto the top of the site fence, got my foot caught in the netting, fell like a little fish in the net, got caught in the net, and basically hit the concrete. Um, I fell out the net at this point, it like untangled from me and I hit the floor and was like, basically got up and just sprinted as you'd expect. However, little did I know, Charlie's little measly ankle at the time had been grabbed by the security guard and yanked, yanked at some considerable speed. Like this security guard grabbed him and pulled him. So I'm surprised his little ankle didn't dislocate, bless him. And uh, yeah, it just made me laugh so much when he was telling me the story after. But basically, he got yanked off the fence. The guy did not let go. He got grabbed, put in like a little back office thing. And then they called the police. And Charlie got basically a fat Harry Potter sized document stating that like if he ever come back to the place we were at, he would be prosecuted um, and that they were going to like basically scare him into taking him to court. They were like pressuring him for my name and stuff. And yeah, he got it added to the injunction list pretty much. And um, yeah, it wasn't good for him because I met up with him after and we were just sat there reading through this document and it was just like the scariest thing for a 15 and 16 year old to read, especially when Charlie's mom is quite scared about this sort of thing anyway. So if she ended up knowing that her son was like potentially going to court, she would have like beat him up. So yeah, that was that was pretty mad. But I ended up running and the police were like searching for me for like a good hour. Like, I was like hiding under cars and I'm pretty sure they had a helicopter out and everything at one point. Um, which was all very scary to me. So I actually just ran to another construction site nearby, basically climbed over the site fence of that and just hid there for like an hour. And then eventually I sort of like come out and made my way to a tube station um, to basically make my escape. Uh, but I got away in the end and nothing's ever come from it. So I'm going to try and keep it that way from by sparing the details and whatnot. But that was quite a, that was quite a scary experience. Probably scarier for Charlie when he felt his little measly ankle getting mittened up by some massive security guard. They were a bit, oh, they were so angry as well. Like they must have been some of the angriest security guards I've ever seen. So if you're listening, Charlie, I'm sorry that I escaped and you didn't. I'm sorry you got grabbed and I'm sorry you got a fat ban in order. And <laughs> the thing that made me laugh about that is I'm pretty sure they like had the banning order for either like six months, 12 months. And like there was like one other t- or 24 months and there was like a tick box and they'd like scribbled out all of the options, made their own box and wrote next to it for life. <laughs> so Charlie got banned for life from this place. But um, we've been there hundreds of times since then. And basically they've never really done anything. So we're chilling. But yeah, that was a pretty joking experience in it, all in all. Just watching well, hearing Charlie getting grabbed up by that guy. But yeah, um, I'll move on to the next story. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And this one is crane climbs. Crane climbs are always fun. Um, However, crane climbs are not fun in bad weather. And that basically leads me nicely onto what I'm going to be talking about now, which is when I climbed a crane in the pouring rain. And I didn't intend to climb it in the pouring rain. It started raining when I was up there, but I'll go from the start. So we were in a place called Elephant and Castle in London. Pretty standard, chill spot. Um, And there was this crane. And we basically climbed into the site, standard procedure, over the site fence, crawled through some scaffolding, up into the stairwell, up into the roof, and then basically found a walk over to the crane. Um, we went up the crane as normal. It's right next to another building as well, which is one of the difficult things about it, because if you get seen from the buildings opposite, they're going to obviously know that you're there and call the police and everything. And you don't want that. So we were trying to be as careful as possible, but... So it was a white crane. Um, it all started off normal. The weather was pretty calm that night. And I started climbing up it, started going up the jib. The jib is like, uh, for those who don't know, it's the like the arm of a crane. So you've got obviously the base of the crane, which is the part that just goes really tall. And then you've got the actual like cabin part of the crane and the jib, which goes out. And then you've got the counterweight on the back, which obviously keeps it from falling over. And essentially... I started climbing up the jib. It was vertical jib, so it was pointing upwards. Um, it wasn't entirely vertical. It was like at an incline. So them ones are normally pretty easy to climb. But I started going up it. It was already pretty techy because it's almost like a climbing frame, but with really wide bars and they're really far apart. And not to mention the fact that if you fall, you're going to splat on the floor, basically. So that's like the... That's pretty much like how a jib looks. And I started climbing up here. I got like three quarters of the way and I felt a couple of like drops, like a couple of little raindrop feelings. And I was like, oh no, that's not great. So I was like, okay, I've just got to quickly get up and get down before it starts raining. So I went up, got to the top and it started raining like a lot heavier. And I started coming down and it just started raining. And for those who don't know, metal and rain together nah allow it especially on a crane like 100 meters in the air or however tall it was and like it basically started getting slippery and slipperier and it was peak i can't lie and i was just basically trying to take take it slow down there essentially and it was mad because i was just thinking like i'm actually in a bad situation i've never been on a crane while it's raining before and it was a bit it was a bit of a it was a bit of a shit one to be honest like i actually stopped at one point and was thinking, mate, I might be stuck. Like, I actually can't get down. And I, then I thought, imagine the phone call of me calling the police and being like, yo, got an emergency. And they're like, oh, what's the emergency? And I just go, so basically I'm stuck on a crane. Um, I'm really sorry. I was climbing it, you know, illegally and basically it's like raining. I'm going to need your help. And I don't even want to know what the safety procedure, save, save situation would be on that. Like, how would they actually save you? Like, they'd have to get fire the fire brigade up the crane and then how do they do it because they're not going to climb the jibs so like i don't i don't even know what the procedure with that is and i wouldn't even want to be the embarrassment in the urbex community if i'd done that so i just basically firmed it and was like yeah i'm climbing down whether or not i like it or not and 
Climbed down, started going down, slip left, right and centre, got to the bottom, all was fine. And I managed to get out of that one. But even to this day, like it's the crane climb that I look back on and think, yo, that was like the most scariest one I've ever done. Because it's just not something you want to deal with is wet weather while uh, while climbing on, on metal beams. Like, if you've ever climbed a climbing frame while it's wet, you'd understand that like it's just not something you want to do. And I had to go into like this mindset of like hyper focus. And yeah, it was it was mad, but that was pretty. That was a pretty scary one. That was a little short story for you. Just, I guess, coming from this, don't climb in the wet or check weather if you can. And if you don't, just take your time on the way down. So, don't be dying on me because that was another scary one. So, moving on to my last story and probably the most enjoyable of the four stories, because um, although it was scary, it was something I chose to do and was quite enjoyable. And it was a crane in manchester and the smart boy and me decided that i wanted to hang off of this crane so yeah stay tuned for this story um we started this little trip in uh manchester where the crane was i think it was the first time i'd ever met adam as in the little nuisance and we were basically looking for something to do so adam suggested that there was this crane this like red crane that we wanted to go do it might have been like uh 40 stories maybe this crane maybe um and we were like yeah let's let's just go and climb it why not and we got to this crane the site looked pretty dead it had like a site office and everything as you'd expect but it wasn't too stressful and the site was pretty much not even off the ground yet the crane had probably just been put up and we were like yeah let's go for it so we climbed over the fence I don't know why that made me laugh so much. That's that like fence thing, because basically Charlie climbed over it and like slipped and nearly broke the fence. And it was just we was all trying to be quiet, and I just hear Charlie screaming because he's like slipped and nearly hurt himself in this fence. But yeah, that was that was just it was like a weird sight fence as well. Like it was like a thin metal one, but it wasn't like a wibbly wobbly. It was just like a thin metal fence. But yeah, anyways, I don't know why I'm chatting waffle about that. But we climbed over the fence, got to the bottom of the crane, started climbing up as always, normal stuff really, and we got to the top, and Adam, on a crane, is a different breed of human, like, this kid, I can't even tell you how mad this kid is, when he gets on a crane, it's almost like he's just walking on the floor, like, he's almost got the ability to just, like, treat it like it's nothing else, I'm pretty good with being on cranes, I I never really have issues with it, but this kid is a different breed, like, he's literally, like, running up and down this crane jib, yeah, like, it was nothing, and I was like, mate, this kid is mental, and it that was all that was all fun and games watching him like sprint back and forward on the crane but it then got to a point where adam's like yo i'm gonna hang off it and this kid went to the end of the crane and there was like this bar at the end and he hung off this bar not by his hands you'd probably think this kid hung by his legs like you do in primary school off of like the the climbing frame yeah and literally hung upside down with his arms dangling and i was like mate i was gobsmacked my mouth was like open like it was hitting the floor and I was like, Adam, you're crazy, G. And I was thinking, like, how does he just do this so calm? And, and like, I wasn't inexperienced at this point. This was maybe, like, 2017. I'd done quite a few climbs, maybe 2018. And I was like, I've never hung off anything in my life. And he was like, why don't you just try it? Like, you're, you're probably with, like, the best person that you could possibly try hanging off something with. And I was like, yeah, calm, why not? So I went to the bar, absolutely shitting myself, as you can expect went down onto my hands into like a muscle up position, dropped down into hanging. And at this point, like this is like a feeling that I've never been able to match nor explain to anyone because 
it it's a different kind of feeling with your body. Like I'm hanging and I'm looking down and I'm and I know that the only thing separating from me and that ground is my hands and my ability to hold on. And there was something like really precious about that because it's almost like you just feel like in complete control. And like you'd think, oh, your hands would get sweaty and fall. Nah, you don't. You know, like, your hands don't get sweaty. Like you're in this state of like hyper focus. I always talk about, and you just in the moment you're just there. Like you're just. It's no different to being anywhere. But it's like unreal amounts of adrenaline and that's sort of like the feeling that I chase and other people chase as well and Adam uh would have probably started chasing but I was actually speaking to him about it and he was telling me how like nowadays like climbing cranes and hanging off stuff doesn't really like stimulate his mind as much as it used to and like imagine being that mad yeah that you've hung off so many cranes that like it no longer affects you and I think that's mad I think that's sick personally so Fair enough to Adam for like coming to a point where you've done so much that it's just normal to you and like your brain doesn't get stimulated whatsoever by hanging off a crane, which is pretty mental. Because if I did it again, I'd probably be as scared, if not more scared than I did before. Um, but yeah, that was that was another pretty daunting experience, like hanging off something and just having that feeling of like knowing that I could just slip and just disappear forever it's just like the weirdest thing and for those who have listened to my podcast already on my mum this is the only time I've ever hung off a crane and when I told her about it she forbid me from hanging off anything else which I've actually honoured to be fair since then like I haven't actually climbed or sorry not climbed I haven't actually hung off anything like a crane or anything like that since so to be fair I've learnt my lesson not that it was like a bad thing and like I'll do it again but she's told me like not to so I'm just like kind of respecting that one with her but yeah as you can imagine, you just some things you win, some things you can't win. And if your mum tells you not to hang off a crane, I guess that's that's fairly all right. Because at the end of the day, if my hands were to slip and I were to fall to my death, it's not me that's going to be affected. And I sort of had to like weigh up the pros and cons as to think whether or not I think that that's worth basically having my whole family go into turmoil because of my death their youngest brother and child death. Do you know what I mean? Because my sisters and everyone and my brother would just, yeah, it wouldn't be too great. So basically I don't hang off anything anymore because I realise that I don't want to be selfish and cause pain to everyone in my life because it wouldn't just be, they'd be friends, family and everything. So if you are hanging off anything and you are putting your life at risk, make sure you understand that if you do die, you know, you could be affecting people other than yourself. But yeah, that pretty much concludes those major stories. They're like the main ones I had. This is like a little bit of a short podcast today. So, you know, you're going to hear me waffling for another 15 minutes today, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Um, as always, if you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to show the support. Go and like, go and share, go and subscribe. However, you basically engage with this as much as you can um, and follow my social media once again, Instagram is uh at housey.underscore that's h-o-w-e-s-y youtube's the same and yeah basically thank you so much for your support i love you all and i hope that you have the best day ever i will catch you all very soon bye-bye that's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.